High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We have a piece of legislation that is going, has gone through Parliament and has to go to the National Council of Provinces entitled the Electoral Amendment Bill. Now, it may sound fairly prosaic and, you know, we have legislation pertaining to the conduct of elections periodically and here's another one. Except this one has huge constitutional ramifications and is quite astonishing. One of the experts we have dealt with literally calls it a logically absurd inclusion of individuals. To discuss it in more detail and and look at why the inclusion of individuals in national elections is logically absurd, I have my colleague Marius Root. Marius, welcome. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi. Good and you. Marius, just give us some background as to how this bill came about, um, because it seems to be in as, almost a sort of, uh, sort of number of errors, one flowing on top of the other, or a failure to pay attention. I'm not quite sure what, what, what it amounts to, but it, it has a very particular history. Yeah, so what happened is uh, in our electoral system, the system we use to uh, elect parliament, so uh, our representatives at national level and provincial level, we have what's called a pure proportional representation system. So uh, people I'm sure that are listening are familiar with what happens on election day. You go and you cast a ballot, but just for political party, not a person. And uh, what happened, so one of the advantages of, the, of this system is that the proportion of the vote uh, is very closely linked to the proportion of the seats that are political party will win in uh, parliament or the provincial legislature, whatever the case is. But the um, problem with it is that uh, people have to be linked to a political party to be able to stand for election. uh, Independents can't stand uh, for parliament or for the provincial legislatures and so on. So uh, what happened in 2019 and 2020, uh, a number of movements approached the constitutional court to say, that this was unconstitutional, this was against their constitutional rights to, you know, uh, stand for political office, it was against their, uh, also the freedom of association because you're forced to associate with the political party uh, if you want to stand for parliament and so on. So the Constitutional Court found that it was uh, unconstitutional to not allow um, independents to stand for parliament and the nine provincial legislatures. This was in, uh, so, so in June 2020, the Constitutional Court said that um, uh, parliament, it gave parliament two years to amend the Electoral uh, Act to allow uh, individuals to stand. And, uh, yeah, so we're at a position now where uh, we've seen the Electoral uh, Act amended, but it's a very weird, uh, quite a confusing way of changing the electoral system. It's been a very... Uh, so basically the government's made a, um, a very minimalist way of changing the, uh, the electoral uh, system. Basically what's going to happen is that individuals are going to stand with political parties on ballot papers to stand for parliament or the nine provincial legislatures, but it's simply uh, there's lots of uh, problems with the electoral uh, amendment bill as it stands. Uh, it makes things much harder for independents compared to people who stand for political parties. And overall, I mean, um, while I think the electoral amendment bill meets the letter of the constitutional court's uh, ruling, I don't think it meets the spirit mm. because it makes things so hard for independents. And also, we can go into it a little bit, mm. uh, um, if you like, about uh, the exact problems with the electoral amendment bill and why it is. Uh, why disadvantages uh, independence so badly? Yeah. Uh, probably what's 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 going to happen is that uh, it's quite likely that this uh, bill, as it stands, is uh, going to be found unconstitutional. A number of organisations, including our own, have already come out and said, you know, this is this uh, bill is completely is a complete mess. Uh, it shouldn't pass. It's passed to the National Assembly somehow. 
announced mm-hmm. the National Council of Provinces. Uh, so the next step is uh, for National Council of Provinces to look at it and then to send it to the president. And then we'll, uh, he, I mean, he might sign it, he might not. But if he does sign it, uh, expect it to face a constitutional challenge. And then we're going to have some problems too because um, if, if it is found unconstitutional, we, we're obviously not going to be able to use that system for the 2024 election. We're mm. probably going to have to use the uh, old system that we've currently been using in 2024, which means that the Constitutional Court is going to have to set aside its uh, order of con- uh, unconstitutionality and let that happen only in uh, after 2024, something like that. And also I think it's going to, um, there's going to be some other problems that's going to cause um, people to have less faith in the electoral system. Uh, there's, there's, there's no way that the, electoral, that the election in 2024 can be postponed. Mm. So I don't think people need to worry about that. Uh, as we found out in last year's local gun election, there's simply no um, constitutional mechanism for elections to be postponed. Mm-hmm. But I think this just shows, uh, you know, as I say, it's going to be uh, cause uh, lack of faith uh, in the, um, and trust within the electoral system. And it's just also all these problems are, it's just because the government was sitting on its hands for so long and they've also come up with such a convoluted, strange system which is mm. not used anywhere in the world where, you know, pe- people have um, been thinking about things like uh, electoral systems um, to make them uh, as fair as possible for, for years. Mm. This isn't, you know, we don't have to reinvent the world. There's lots of countries you can look to where we can uh, use um, their systems or even the system that we use at a municipal level in South Africa where you get two ballots, you vote for an individual to represent your area, whether it's an independent or somebody representing a political party, then you get another ballot to vote for a political party to make sure that um, that the proportion of uh, support in the uh, municipal council uh, matches the political party's uh, overall support that it got in the election. Plus, there's also the councillors who represent a particular area, so these are people who can obviously go to and complain about whatever mm. it is, potholes or, you know, electricity being out or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it's, I mean, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but uh, in a way it seems that we did. Yes. Can I, can I just ask, just go back a little bit. It seems that, so the Constitutional Court couldn't actually set out the process that needs to happen. It was left, government, it was in the hands of government to do so. And government in, in sort of looking at the options, there were, there was a majority supported option and a minority option. And the government, the Minister of Home Affairs and his, um, his employees, whoever they are, chose the minority report. Um, yeah. Does one have any idea why that happened? Because surely the the, the, the majority supported report would li- um, option would likely have been less problematic. Yeah. So the majority option uh, is basically the system that we use at municipal level, uh, ramped mm-hmm. up to provincial and national level. So as I say, right. uh, half your representatives would be people elected from a particular geographic area. So if people are familiar with, say, the system that's used in the UK the so-called first-past-the-post or Westminster system where people just vote for a particular uh, – for one person to represent the area. But then with this uh, majority system, and as I say, the system using municipal level, you get a second ballot to vote for a political party to ensure that the overall uh, level of support matches mm. the overall uh, le- um a level of a proportion of seats in the council and so on. And that's also the system that's used in Germany. It's a system that's used in New Zealand. It's even a system that's used in Lesotho. So it's not this, you know, kind of brand new system. It's a pretty easy system to understand. It's pretty straightforward. As I said, the Germans have been using it since the end of World War II. They seem pretty happy with it. New Zealand implemented it in uh, the early 90s. the Sutu, I think, in the late 90s or early 2000s. But as I said, it's a system that works pretty well. But uh, as you correctly say, it was rejected by um, 
the Minister of Home Affairs, uh, Aaron Mitchell-Lady, and the committee who went for the minority system, which is the one that I've described to uh, you and the listeners now. And, yeah, it's, I mean, you don't want to attribute to malice what can be attributed to incompetence. But, <laughs> <It's> uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, does, it's, it doesn't make much sense that mm. such the system has been chosen over the majority uh, system that was proposed. And it's, it's, it's quite strange. Um, I, I think a lot of people have been trying to work out why the government decided to go for this minority system. And as I say, it's a very convoluted, Difficult to understand system, but mm. that's what we seem to have gone for. And uh, in addition, it's also it's a system that's not even used anywhere in the whole entire world. We're <laughs> the only country in the world that uses this now, this new proposed system, which oh, it's, doesn't it's, make it's any African sense. Exceptionalism. Exactly. So I mean, I'm I, I sometimes a bit wary of uh, or skeptical of things like South African exceptionalism, but yeah, I think yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely true. Um, can I? I'm now going to sort of put you on the spot. Spot. The 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 idea that that underlies is, is is that this whole proposal is premised on the idea that individuals can be included alongside political parties on existing proportional representation ballots, which is what you said is is, is the problem. Yes. Can you explain? Not only that, that's that's the that's what's fundamentally wrong in, and underpins everything, but what it it actually doesn't do it, it, it less than does nothing for individuals. It actually disadvantages them. Mm. Can you give us some idea in words of one syllable um, why why individuals would re- really have a much tougher job um, getting a seat in either the uh, the national assembly or one of the provincial assemblies? Well, firstly, um, when uh, independents want to stand, they're going to have to provide a certain number of signatures. And what has been set up now is uh, 20% of the quota that was needed for either the National Assembly or the provincial legislature to uh, stand in uh, for parliaments or to be approved as a candidate. And as it stands, uh, it obviously depends uh, if you're standing for the National Assembly or provincial legislature. Obviously, your quota will be less in the Northern Cape than Gauteng, for example. Mm-hmm. But you're probably going to need around about 20,000 signatures to be able to stand as an independent candidate. And to do that, you're going to also have to get people's full names. You're going to have to get their ID numbers to prove that they're actual people who signed your uh, form and so on. But the thing is, a political party, for a political party to be registered, all it needs is 500 signatures. And then Good registered God. with the IC. Mm. And then all it needs to do then is pay the uh, deposit amounts, which obviously it varies, depends if you're standing all provincial legislatures and so on. Yeah. I mean, it's a significant amount, but it's a bit different for a political party than an individual. Uh, and also... Uh, they haven't decided yet about how much an uh, independent is going to have to pay as a deposit, but it's probably also going to be a significant amount. It might be, uh, you know, uh, exorbitant for a lot of people who won't be able to afford it. And uh, then simply just on the issue of um, elections. So, for example, let's say that uh, Rassi Erasmus, he decides now he wants to stand as an independent. He's going to, you know, he, he's sick of what's happening in South Africa. He's going to run now as an independent for parliament. Now, let's say for argument's sake, you need about 50,000 votes to get one seat in parliament. Rassi Erasmus, obviously a quite a popular guy, he gets 300,000 votes. But he's only one guy. So he doesn't have a political party. So those 300,000 votes go to uh, Rassi Erasmus having a single seat in parliament. But if Rassi Erasmus had set up the rugby party, those 300,000 votes would have been enough for six seats in parliament. <laughs> okay. But because Rassi is now standing as an independent, those votes are basically uh, lost. 
They basically mm-hmm. people who voted for him are basically disenfranchised. Which mm-hmm. I mean, uh, systems like the proportional representation system are supposed to prevent that kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. So we'll see that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, another issue is that when it comes to issue of vacancies, uh, now in Parliament uh, with our proportional representation system, if uh, you know an MP gets uh, gets ill and resigns or dies or you know decides to they're sick of being an MP they want to do something else and they resign. What happens is that the party simply puts the next person on the list as, as the MP and everything's fine. Well, if, if that had to happen to an independent, if an independent had to mm. pass away or, you know, if they also decide politics isn't for them, then what happens is that seat simply disappears. It's not mm. replaced by anybody, which is obviously mm. that kind of makes sense because an independent is an independent. They're not mm. part of a political mm. party. They've got to appoint somebody to, you know, take the seat for them, but there's no mechanism to replace it. Mm. If if it happens, say, at municipal level, when independent represents your particular area, mm. and same thing happens, they get ill or they uh, you know decide to leave politics, then a by-election will be held mm. in that mm. area to vote for mm. a, a new representative. But yeah. that's not going to happen in this system. So it's also people are being disenfranchised. And there's also all kinds of um, complicated issues to do with uh, working out uh, the seat calculation and so on, which also uh, is going to benefit larger parties. Mm. And... As it stands, it's quite possible that, for example, the ANC could get 47 or 40 percent uh, of the vote, mm. yet get 51 or 52 percent of the seats in Parliament, mm, mm. which, you know, it's uh, which is uh, quite problematic to use uh, so, the. So, so do I understand? Do I understand correctly that essentially the 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 votes over the votes for an independent over and above those necessary to to uh, to, to secure the seat, essentially. Let me put it this way: What's left over is if, is sort of in in some in in a way proportionally um, sort of divvied up according to the the strength of the party. Oh, so they're not really divvied up, but they yeah. will be excluded from the uh, various calculations. Those okay. additional. So, for example, yeah, let's say Rasi Rasmus gets whatever the case is, say ten percent of the vote, whatever. But you can only obviously get one seat. Mm. Then. Uh, so the, all his votes will be taken out of subsequent uh, calculations. Mm. So if if we included uh, Rassi Rasmus's votes and then the ANC had got 45% of uh, the votes, but if you take out Rassi Rasmus's mm. 10% of the votes, then he's going obviously in the ANC. And, and actually the, uh, it'll also benefit the other bigger parties, to be honest, mm. like the DA and the EFF and so on. But mm. obviously we want uh, – you know, proportional representation is uh, that that's the only uh, requirement in the constitution for what electoral system that South Africa used to have. Uh, it says that we need, need to be in general proportional. It needs to be in general proportional. That that, that is the exact line that says in this constitution. Mm-hmm. So I suppose we can have an argument about what we mean by in general proportional. But I think mm-hmm. we can all agree that if a political party is getting forty-seven or forty-eight percent of the votes and they're getting more than fifty percent of the seats, that's probably not proportional. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that we have to think about. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether the, the the rationale behind the thinking on this wasn't that it, it would be an amendment, not no real regard for whether it actually met the constitutional uh, imperative, but it would the whole process would be so onerous on the individual that they just they would they probably wouldn't be individuals they just wouldn't present themselves for 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 election and. The, the the minister thought no more no more about it because one of the comments I've read is that there are probably very few MPs who pass this bill who actually understand it, uh, and that that's not unusual in our uh, in our dispensation. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean it's also if there is some kind of you know wariness about uh, independence from the government, whatever the case is, I think we should also just make the point that 
you know, allowing independence to run, I think we should allow it in, in our system. But it's also not going to be some kind of panacea. Mm. I mean, independence overall in democracies around the world, uh, you know, make that, that it's not like independence make up 30 or 40% of MPs around the world. They generally quite few and far between. I mean, uh, I'm open to correction, but I think right now there isn't a single M- MP who sits in Westminster, for example. Uh, in, independent MP. They're all linked to political parties mm, and so mm. on. And also, if we look at, uh, at our municipal level where independence can stand, you know, independence, I don't know the number, but I read it the other day, something like less than 1% of uh, the ward councillors are independents. Mm. So it's not like we're going to see this massive, mm. you know, uh, groundswell of independence coming on, but I just think it's a principle of the matter that mm. independence should be allowed to stand in our system and we should make it as easy as we make it for people who represent political parties to stand mm. uh, for election and simply... That's not the case as it stands now, and it's something, yeah, as I say, you don't want to contribute, I mean, attribute to matters what can attribute to incompetence, but there's something very strange here, and yeah, we've, the the government's, as usual, because it's uh, done things very slowly, it's been sitting on its hands, Uh, we've we've come to this uh, point now, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we... uh, you know, keep walking into a constitutional crisis. Mm, mm. Uh, we we're going to have to come up. There, there's no ways that this. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say no ways. I, I really don't think this uh, bill will pass constitutional muster. Mm. Uh, perhaps it might, and then this the whole conversation is moot. But uh, if it doesn't, then there's no there's no time to implement a new uh, electoral system before the 2024 election. Mm. So we're going to have to run it probably on the old system. And as I said, it's going to that's got all kinds of consequences uh, for trust uh, in uh, the IEC, which is. Mm. You know, it's a very important uh, institution in South Africa. And, uh, you know, evidence from around the world is people generally accept, uh, and it's happened in South Africa too, um, people generally accept uh, loss at the polls if they think that that is a true mm. reflection of what happened. Mm. Mm. And, I mean, a lot of people obviously aren't the greatest fans of the ANC, but I think we can all be, I mean, I think we can all agree that at the moment it is still the most popular party in South Africa. Mm. It's won every single election since the end of apartheid. I mean, things might be changing by 2024, but mm. but I think when we come to a point where we're not sure that the ANC did actually win an election, uh, then I think we're going to enter into a bit of a, yeah, the, uh, interesting times as the Chinese case goes. God forbid we should not. Uh, just the last issue, just to, uh, you, read, you mentioned it earlier, but I really just want to look at it now, is, is we've been talking about adopting a, a different electoral system for, for decades. Um, and it started with research and a report uh, prepared by uh, Dr. Van Sael Slabbert or decades ago. And it's sort of molded along, and it's generally been felt that something along these lines is what we should be looking what we should be looking at, and that after this election, maybe one will, everyone will seriously get round to considering this as a change. How, what do you think should be the system should look like? Yeah, well, um, the Fonsal Slabert uh, report, uh, just for to give listeners some background, it came out in 2003, and what it proposed was there'd be multi-member constituencies, so not single member, and depending on uh, the population size of constituency, you'd return between three and seven MPs to Parliament, and there'd be an additional 100 MPs, which would be your proportional MPs, to ensure proportionality in Parliament. Uh, so that, that's a system that's been proposed for years now. As I said, that, that was that report was published in 2003. There's obviously the the majority report that came from um, uh, the government, uh, which was also yeah, which all seems to be a pretty uh, fair system. I mean, uh, for me, I, I'm not too fussed about the actual system itself. I, 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 uh, my, uh, I think if I had to choose, I'd probably say the single member 
constitutes system plus your you get top ups of proportional MPs, mm. which is the system as I say they use in New Zealand and Germany and so on. That's probably the most easy to understand because the uh, and it's the system we use at municipal level. So that's probably I mean if I had to choose, I would say that's the system we should probably go for. Mm. But as I say, there's there's we don't need to reinvent the wheel, yeah, which also right. makes this thing so so strange that we've gone for this really strange, bizarre <laughs> system. <laughs> When there's so many places where you could basically, you know, could just take it off the shelf and tweet it a bit for, uh, for, uh, you know, the South African realities. But for whatever reason, we haven't. But yeah, there's, uh, and I mean, there's also the thinking around this isn't new. Khalema Motlante was also, mm. he uh, chaired a, a panel that looked at uh, the, um, you know, post-apartheid mm. legislation in 2017. And same proposals came out uh, from Motlante. So this isn't, uh, you know, this, this isn't new stuff. And also just on the Fonsal Slabert Commission report, there was actually a report that was commissioned by former President Abu Mbeki. No, so, okay. you know, the, the, these kind of things, they've been, even within the ANC, these uh, discussions have been going on. And just on a final point, the system we do use at the moment was meant to be a stopgap system. It was oh, actually okay. meant to be a system to be used in 1994, obviously with, you know, that, that election <laughs> and so on. And it was, but, you know, it would, at, at most it was going to be used again for 1999. And we were supposed to look at a new electoral system, mm. which is why Fancel Slavitz was also commissioned and so on. But now that report's just gathering dust somewhere in the union buildings or maybe in Taiwan Beck's library, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, it's, there, there's, yeah, as I say, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's so many systems we can look at, but for some reason we've gone for a really convoluted, strange system. And who knows what? Which, which, will be, which is likely to be declared unconstitutional. Exactly. Um, Morris, thank you so much for explaining what is a convoluted <laughs> issue uh, uh, on, on the face of it for us mere mortals. And uh, appreciate very much your coming on to chat to us about it. Thank you, Sarah, and thanks to your listeners.